it is emotional, this factor of being adopted into a family and actually being united, no matter whether we've grown up in a family that stayed together or whether we've grown up in a blended home, it's the same story. We're welcomed with open arms. We're embraced by a loving father. And in this scenario, we're all adopted into God's family. This is how it says it in Romans 8, 15. It says, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Um, The term Abba Father is a very intimate term. It's a term that would only be used in the context of this day, like in the home. Uh, It literally would mean dad or daddy. It was the exact opposite of fear. And I think sometimes you can hear this term father and think phrases like, he'll kill me if he ever finds this out. You know, we have a fear relationship with the father. It's not the, I'm scared because my dad will be home soon. Not that kind of relationship. Abba Father is one more of being most concerned not to, I don't want to disappoint my dad. It's that I would, but I'm going to use discernment here, and I'm going to say no because I just don't want to disappoint my dad. It's that love relationship. It's that, man, we're harder on ourselves than our dad could be if we mess up just because we know we disappointed. It says it this way in Galatians 3 verse 26. You're all my children, or for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So listen to last week's talk. Watch last week's talk. If you missed it, it's on your app or online. We talked about that a lot. But let's continue into the next portion. It says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were like slaves to the basic spiritual principles of the world. But... When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you're no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. We couldn't think of a more fitting 
Father's Day emphasis. And conclusion of this series on No Ordinary Father than to have a big idea like we get to call God Daddy. We get to call God Daddy. It's a moment kind of like this. Hey, hon. Hey. Hi. How's she doing? She's good. Oh, and check this out. I got here early and Lizzie saw me and she came over and just starts talking. To you? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Mom broke oh, it's okay. Calm down. I'm going to fix you, okay? Go. Thanks, Daddy. Did you hear that? I just got my first daddy. Oh, man. Have you, I don't know if you've seen Instant Family. It's funny. But the reality of adoption and the reality of fostering and just that first daddy and that unbelievable moment and jealousy, they capture so perfectly well in that shot. But do you think God is just longing for some of us, for the world around us, just kind of saying, I want some of that. We're putting our trust in things that aren't him, you know, and he's like, he just wants to hear that. Thanks, Daddy. Like, thanks, God. Thank you. And maybe he's there saying, when will he see this is everything they're experiencing is just this incredible gift and that they're a gift to the world around them if they'll just recognize it. Life. Love, peace of mind, all these things are theirs. The revelation in these passages is that we're not hiding from God anymore. We're not a slave to God, but we're an heir. We're family. We can just say, thanks, Daddy, right? Confession. When I, as a grown-up, 47 years old, and I say, Daddy, it's awkward. Anybody else? Like, you're just like, when's the last time, maybe when you're five or whatever, you know, using the term Daddy is not that common. But it is that affectionate thing. For me, saying Daddy is uh, kind of creepy, you know. Daddy. I don't know. It's just really weird. Maybe I've seen too many bad movies. Okay, so. Um, but it's intimacy is the target of this term. Even if we have not said daddy since we were little, the term means, and it's, its heart is like, thanks, hero. You know, thanks, protector. Thanks, savior. Thanks, giver of all things wonderful. Thanks, strength and power. Like, we're recognizing it all comes from our, our father. Now, you... I, I say this every once in a while. You think all I do is watch TV uh, but, or movies. Every week, usually on Fridays, we have family night. And somehow, that was interpreted by our children as movie night. You know, we were like, no, we mean games or hanging out, going on a hike. But it turns into what movie are we watching? So uh, oftentimes, you're looking around, hunting for a movie. And this week, we found ourselves on Amazon Prime. We were hunting around for a movie. And we found this movie called Little Boy. Anybody seen the movie Little Boy? Oh, see, you all have a good cry coming on. Because we watched this movie Friday night. And this little boy, his father 
goes off to war, and you see this relationship play out. Ugh. Let's just say my shirt right around here was wet at the end of it. I am not kidding, uh, which probably doesn't surprise any of you. But it, I was, I was hop-hopping at moments during it. I'm just like, <gasps> you know, that moment right there. But one of the coolest things happened during it. We have this sectional couch, and Preston started in the, the corner. He's my eight-year-old son. And I was kind of a couple sections over sitting on a, uh, in a spot with lots of space and nice and cool, trying to stay cool, you know, watching this movie. And then the movie's going a little bit more, and he reaches over his hand, and, and so I'm holding his hand. Movie goes on a little bit longer, and it's just all this love in between a boy and his father. The next thing you know, there, he moves the pillow that was behind him right in between us, and he lays his head on the pillow, and he's holding my hand, and he does this thing. Don't tease him for it if you know him. But he, like, rubs my arm. He'll, he'll just do this. And, and so he's rubbing my arm. And as a dad, I'm just like, <laughs> it's making the movie worse, right? I'm just like, well, so then he, uh, he all of a sudden, like, crawls over the pillow and puts his head on my stomach. And it was beautiful until he, until he told me it was softer than the pillow. But then, uh, and then... He's still just giving me some love, and uh, by the end of the movie, he, like, leans up, and he gives me a kiss, and, and I was just like, buddy, did it make you cry? And he's like, no, I just, it just I had water up here, but I didn't cry. I didn't cry. There was water up here, but I didn't cry. And it was this cute daddy-son moment. There's just something about that. You could tell this love between us. Like, that's God in us many times over if we'll allow that relationship to exist. If we'll get through our own labels or misimpressions of what a father's like and we'll just embrace the father of Scripture as we talked about in week one, then we have all this incredible relationship to build. That's what worship builds. That's what time in the Word builds. That's what praying builds. It builds that. It's that crawling over and just giving God, our dad, our daddy, that love, and him loving us back. It's something beautiful you can't describe. It's a relationship you can't force. It just happens. God is all that and more. He's longing for that same gratitude and affection. He's moved by our love, we see in Scripture. So we have the most amazing daddy. But how do we reflect that relationship to the world around us. That's the challenge today. How do we reflect this dad we have to the world? It says in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, it says, the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Consistent with what we've read already, right? Verse 18, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. We can reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. And this is speaking of Old Testament mode. Moses in the Old School Testament would, would like 
go into the tent of meeting or he'd meet with God and he'd have to come out with a veil on his face because he had met with the holy of holies and people were fearful of God and they couldn't even look upon his face because it was just too brilliant and light and they'd so it's like but now Jesus came grace has arrived we with unveiled faces can look just like God and we asked this question earlier in the series or kind of hit on this thought but it's like this thought of I see your father in you which can be weird if you're a girl, right? <laughs> you know, uh, like, man, I see so much of your dad in you. You're like, uh, hopefully it's not like his hairy legs. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I would always joke around and tell people that my hairy legs came from my mom just because I could, just for fun. So, um, uh, But how is his resemblance in you? How is that reflection? Is that reflection getting clearer and clearer? Are you reflecting the Lord to the world around you? 1 John 3, 1 through 3 says, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. That's what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he's not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him. We will be, for we will see him, as he truly is, and all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. What if people don't recognize the Father in us because we're just blending in with the world around us? Do we really have this longing to look like Dad, our Father in heaven? Do we have this desire to live a life that looks like, man, you, something different about you. There's something in you. Well, I get it from my, get it from my dad in heaven. I love because of my dad. I serve because of my dad. I lay my life down because of my dad, right? So how do we reflect? How do we perfect and reflect the amazing daddy of ours to the world around us? Two simple thoughts today. The first is be present, be present. God didn't just show up and reveal himself through the son Jesus and leave us to our own. As we've read in all these passages, he gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us his spirit in our hearts so that we're never alone. He's with us, present. There's passages that I could read for days. Never will I leave you and forsake you. For always I am with you, even to the end of the age. God wants us to know we are not alone. As alone as we could feel in this life, we're still never alone. He's with us, longing, calling out. So the reflection of our Father is accomplished through being physically present. Present. In this thought of present is being seen. There's something to be had, like actually showing up with your head up, engaged. That's a reflection of your father. Like being there. Not just in appearance, not just popping it and making an appearance to say, yeah, I, I, I was there in the back, I saw it. Uh, but like realizing that kids and people... Spell love, T-I-M-E. We're not the Holy Spirit 
So we're not at all places at all times. But if we have the chance to miss something, we better not miss the things for those that are closest to us. We gotta have our priorities in a line and be present like our Father would be present. This isn't, I have the info, I watched the video, I know the story. If you found yourself accepting that as being present, well, I got the, I got the synopsis, tell me what happened. It means so much more if you were there for what happened, doesn't it? Like God wants to be there and he wants us to be there. This is you were there for the moment more than you know the moment. Something about being there, even if the team loses, right? Even if they're not singing on key. Happens. Uh, It takes sacrifice, though. You're going to have to say no to things to be present. This week... Sometimes when you're president, it's not easy. This week, my youngest daughter had to have surgery on both of her big toes. Um, to, she had infected toenails. And so it's not a pleasant surgery. And in fact, she, the, he, when we went, we just went for an appointment and thought it was just a, yeah, they're infected, this is our plan of action. And we show up at the doctor's office and it was like, Yeah, they're infected. Your options, surgery, if it gets any worse, we're talking some pretty serious ramifications for the rest of your life. So let's do it. And there was a moment of sheer panic. Um, And so I did everything I could as a father to convince her now was the time. and, and, And let's just say we left the doctor's office that day with no procedure done. I was shocked too. He was just like, yeah, let's do it. Here we go. Brings out these big needles. Anyway, so... Uh, within the next 24 hours, so we scheduled it for 24 hours later. And within that 24 hours, we were confirmed. And I had this procedure as a kid, too. It's kind of passed it down. Sorry. Sorry, Jaden. That was, that was for me, my side of the family. And uh, we were told by multiple people during the course of the day, oh, man, I've had that. That was the most painful thing I've ever had done in my life. We were told that. I'm like, I am not telling my daughter this. I'm convincing her she can do it. We've got the iPad, noise-canceling headphones. Beauty and the Beast is going to be rolling, right? And we've got the snacks, any bribery we could. One of her sisters came along for moral support. You know, I mean, we've got it all in the room. The time comes, she's being strong, and all of a sudden, the needle comes out. And that's what she's most afraid of, right? Not any of the procedure, just the needle. And it was that moment of a father you never want where you have to hold your daughter down for something that's good for her, even though it's painful. Fathering's not always easy. It's that zapped so much energy from me. Those two days sucked, right? I mean, that's just painful. She's healing up awesome. Like, that stuff doesn't bother me. I've got pictures if anybody wants to see. No, you don't want to see. But it's just like, you know, it is gross and awful. But, man, that's, I was there. I I wouldn't want to miss it. I wouldn't want to be gone for that moment. 
when life's over, your kids will remember the moments you're there for. Even if they were, like, they'll remember you were there and, and help them do things that were best for them, even if they don't necessarily think at the time it's best for them. But you love them through the journey so that they realize this is, this was the best later on, looking back. The second thing we could do to be more like our father or reflect our father is be available. Be available. It's a lot like being present, but a little different. It's like, I am in a make space, right? This is very much so like approachable. Do we reflect that of someone who is approachable or available to assist at a moment in need? Or do we more project, you're bothering me? Or you're, you're interrupting me? And it's easy as a father to get in our zone and say things like that. It's easy as a human to live like that with those around us that are looking to us as an example of the father. They see the father in us, but then we act like, I'm too busy for you. Maybe it's time we check our heart before we lose theirs. And go, okay, I'm not going to get this moment back. I need to be approachable. Hebrews 4, 6 says this. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There, will, there we will receive his mercy. And we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. Did you hear that last part? I've always focused when I've read this passage on our gracious God and that I can approach him for his mercy and, and his grace to help. But then this week when I was dwelling on this passage, I locked in on those last five words. When we need it most. When we need it most. Your kids and those who look to you as a father figure, or gals, those who see your father in heaven in you, will not run to you when you are most open and available and free to serve, right? Or to show the love of God. It's often at the most inconvenient moments that God presents us with an opportunity to love someone like he would love them. And it's going to be an interruption. Are we available for that? like our father would be. Because it's when they need it most, not when it's most convenient for us. Approach the throne of grace with confidence. God is there ready for us. Therefore, we need to be ready for others in the same way. I remember going to a National Youth Leader Conference and hearing a speaker there, I don't know if any of you have ever read any of the books by Josh McDowell. It's like the classic like Bible answer guy or apologetics guy and has all these books or he wrote more than a carpenter. He was an uh, archaeologist that didn't believe in God and then found God by trying to disprove him. I feel like there's tons of stories like that. But he, he's written some incredible books and he tells a story about being with President George W. Bush and... Uh, and he had made a commitment to his family. He said, I'm going to always make my family first, even though I do ministry and I travel and I do all these things that 
uh, put me on a large platform, but I am always going to put my family first. Therefore, they know if something is important enough during the day, they can call me. And there's moments when I've been giving a speech and my phone rings and it's one of my kids and I answer it. And there's moments, you know, he's like, because that's what God would do. Like he's there when, when we have need. And he's making this point in a room. And I'll never forget, he tells a story about being with the President of the United States. And his child calls him. And he has a decision to make. Do I fulfill the commitment I made with my child? Or do I honor this moment I'm having with the President of the United States? And he made the choice to excuse himself and pick up the call. The President was whisked away and his conversation was ended while he was on the call. And he was told by one of the staffers that was one of the biggest mistakes of his life. He couldn't believe he was so inconsiderate to pick up a call when he was with the President of the United States. So Josh McDowell talks about how he was questioning what he did and his choice. He's like, shoot, you know, that blew that one or whatever. And uh, until a few days later when he gets a letter from the president thanking him for being an example of what a great father is. And then he was like, okay, made the right choice, right? I mean, he knew he made the right choice, but it was that affirmation like that, that should challenge us. And it challenged me. I've never forgotten that moment sitting there in the room hearing him tell that story. I want to live like that. I want to live like that for my kids. I want to live like that for those who see the Father in me within the community. And be loving, be available, be present. 2 Corinthians 5 16 through 21 says, We've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For, we, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Our action point today is reflect the Father's love. God wants the love and the fathering spirit you can live in the world to be that reflection to wake people up and help them realize God the Father is a loving Father. Daddy. Dad. Not, oh, mighty king, I'm afraid. What will he think of me? He's approachable. Available. We must be the ones who leave margins so that we can 
love the world as God needs us to love right now. Our fatherly heart can reconcile the world back to Jesus if we live out this example of our heavenly father to make his appeal through us that we would be aware enough to understand the moments we have with others to be God's representatives, his ambassadors. Are you present? Are you aware of opportunities that you need to make yourself available within your own home as a father, within community as the one who looks like the father? That's what I want to pray over you today on this Father's Day. For you fathers, as a happy Father's Day, but as well over all of us, that you would not be able to get around the resemblance of the Father in us. God, I thank you that so much is possible through our making a decision to follow you. We become children of you, but not just in, in like inheritance, or on a piece of paper. But we become like you. Your reflection to the world around us. And if there are those here today that have yet to make the decision to, to say yes, Jesus, I'm finally here to this point where I want to follow you. I'm going to welcome you into my life. I'm going to embrace this relationship in between the Heavenly Father and myself. And I understand that confessing Jesus as Lord is the way. Saying, Jesus, you're my Savior is the way. And, and honoring you for what you did on the cross and the fact that you rose from the grave is the way. Lord, I pray that they would make that choice right now. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be my Lord. In an instant, you begin to shape them and make them your reflection to the world around us. And, and you want us to be your appeal to the world around us. You want us to be present. You want us to be available. God, I know some are going to go public next week through water baptism. That's an incredible first step. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that you give us to be your life example right here in Bonnie, Lake Buckley, Ording, Sumner, Tolle, Wilkeson, Carbonado, Enumclaw, Lakeland Hills. Spread, spread. That spirit goes to the ends of the earth you want. Lord, I pray that you would just awaken within us that burden to live like you and inconvenience ourselves because it's when somebody is in a time of need that we need to be your representative of that fatherly heart, helping people through seasons that may be hurt now, but they're the good for the future. Through good, easy, and hard times, you want us to love. So I thank you for challenging us today and in this series to understand your heart as a father, but live out your heart to the world around us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Worship team is going to sing, give you a chance to reflect a bit. Then Jaden will come and close us out.